Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. We got a whopper today. Uh, the return, the long-awaited return of my brother and dear friend, Mike Bledsoe. Mike Bledsoe was, of course, best known for his long-term, uh, as a long-term host of Barbell Shrugged and a number of their spinoff podcasts. Uh, he started the Bledsoe Show a few years back, and then he started getting into more of like a weekly routine with um, with another guy whose name is slipping my mind right now. <laughs> Should have written that down. Uh, we'll link to it in the show notes, but basically... Um, Mike's been doing a lot of current events. Every single Monday, him and another guy break down what's happening in the world, their take on it, and it's it's fantastic. It's definitely, um, you know, a hard right, hard left, whatever you want to call that. It's a U-turn from his typical podcast, which ventures kind of all over the place, as this podcast does. Um, but he's felt a strong calling to run the Blood So-So back and then split off um, this kind of weekly report with it. Um, it's all there. They haven't been they haven't been siphoned off yet. So when you go to the Bledsoe show, you're going to be able to catch up and really see what Mike's been up to. And he's going to start getting weird and, and diving in deep with a number of other topics, health related and beyond uh, decentralized finance. Like you name it. Mike has a wealth of knowledge and many great things. And so for this one, I needed an episode, you know, and I knew he wanted to interview me, but I said, let's just Let's do a conversation and run it on both. So that's what we're doing. Um, he's got several Bledsoe shows already recorded in the can. He's going to release them one by one since he already has a fairly big-ass following. He doesn't need to do the, the typical save five to ten and then roll them all out at once. Um, so with that, you know, I'm, I'm thrilled that he's back in the podcasting game at this level. And, you know, he never really left it. Um, but he... He's a guy who, you know, he moved here in the last year. And, um, you know, our conversations on the phone, I'd like to say I have some influence on him coming to Austin. But but truthfully, you know, Mike has had a brilliant take on a lot of the events that have transpired uh, over the last couple of years. He was in the military and served for this country. And I always love the perspective of um, our veterans. So fantastic way to really look at things. I dropped a number of books in this podcast. I did speak quite a bit more than Mike. Uh, wanted it to be more even Stevens, but I had a lot to talk about. I am going to have a solo cast come up here that's pretty much going to be a lot of new content. And it, it'll all correlate to the events that are happening in the world. But um, again, with the sole focus of if so, then what? If this is true, how do I respond? And um, if there has been disempowerment, how do we bring back self-empowerment and the empowerment of others? That is the focus. Uh, that will most certainly be the focus of the books that I discuss on this podcast with Mike. And it is certainly going to be the focus as I dive into that on a solo cast a bit deeper into each one of these things that I'm studying, mostly having to do with Commonwealth law, natural law, and uh, some of the conversations that I've had in the past with Jesse Elder I've really been able to rabbit hole. I've had great conversations with Dr. Nathan Riley, uh, who was a guest on this podcast. He, I call him the young Zach Bush, OBGYN and a hospice care doctor who delivered a child and in the same 24-hour cycle helped someone pass on to the next plane of existence. Just a fascinating, amazing human being that I met at Paul Check 60th. And, and he's been in my ear on some of the greatest books that I've ever read, some of the most eye-opening, jaw-dropping books that are hard pills to swallow, but at the, end of, at the end of the day, more important now than ever and really empowering when you come to grasp that. So 
that is the nature and the goals of where I want to take this show in 2022 and beyond. Uh, we just had two 22, 2022 on a Tuesday. And um, yeah, that's when we were recording this. So I like that corny shit, but I've been getting into numerology with Paul and getting weird. And, you know, that this is really, you know, what we want to create right now. So what I, what I don't create in this year and the years to come as we alchemize the last three years is the ability for us to stand on our own two feet. You know, really addressing what sovereignty means in all aspects of life and how is that achieved and to what degree can we actually achieve that while still remaining in a society, functioning or not, um, and just really understanding the ins and outs that go with that. What is health? How do we accomplish health? At what point, at what point with health as my number one responsibility, do I become immune to negative ideas? Do I become immune to whatever's floating around in the air? Um, there is a point in which that happens. It's, and I firmly, I don't believe that. I know it. I know it through the way the Gnostics knew with Gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S, not knowledge, K-N-O-W, Gnosis. And the Gnosis comes through experience. So anyhow, we, we backtracked um, kind of the trajectory of where my show's gone the last couple of years. Mike had all the questions that he was prepared to interview me and I just ran with it. Uh, but Mike offered so many great things as well. So if you're wondering why the hell I'm talking so much on this one, again, it was supposed to be on Mike's and I wanted to co-release. Uh, still a fantastic episode. If you love hearing me speak, it's even more fantastic. And I uh, highly encourage everybody to check out the Bledsoe show because he, he has um, been on the same train and offers different perspective because of our different backgrounds. And he's somebody that I look to for a lot of wisdom in times like this. He's just a brilliant, brilliant, beautiful soul brother. There are a number of ways you can support this podcast. First and foremost, just share it with a friend. You know, you, you hold the, hold, click the share link and throw it in your messages and send it out to a couple of friends. You can do a swipe up on the gram or something like that. Uh, we are more or less untaggable on Instagram now. If you don't punch in living with the Kingsburys with the exact spelling, you could be living with the Kingsbury with no S at the end and our name doesn't come up. Um, and if you go to tag us, it'll say, we've have spread too much mis misinformation regarding COVID-19. So this person is untaggable now. And with that, you know, it's, it's a badge of honor. We made it in one sense. And in the other sense, this is the problem. This is the problem because we are censoring ideas. And, uh, you know, as many of the greats have said, the very nature of science is to question ideas. It's to poke holes where are there are holes. And when you end the discussion and you end the debate, you are effectively ending science. That's how it works. Um, and we dive into all topics, you know, not even just COVID related, but really around social engineering. Um, what is the end game of the Great Reset? And, you know, what can we do about that? And Mike has some beautiful medicine for you on that. So share this, share this with friends, share it far and wide, share it with one person. I wouldn't worry about leaving us a five-star review. I don't know if that helps much anymore with the new algorithms. Um, certainly, with if, if I've been shadow banned on Instagram and Twitter, then that quite likely is the case. And YouTube, for sure. <laughs> they took down David Icke in one week. Um, then, for sure, iTunes can do the same thing. But share it with a friend direct, um, somebody that'll listen, somebody with an open heart and open ears. And then support our sponsors. Our sponsors make this show absolutely possible. Each one of them has been handpicked by me and my staff. I really, you know, because of my phenomenal staff and, and them knowing me very deeply, I only have to turn down one out of every 10 sponsors, I'd say. I mean, they're getting really good at bringing people to the floor. And then 
Of course, because you guys do support these sponsors, we've had quite a few of them stick around for a very long time. One of our longest sponsors is a company called Organifi. I had Drew Canoli on the podcast, the founder of Organifi, who is just an amazing, amazing person, um, incredibly dialed in, and really got his backstory on, on the why behind Organifi. And it really does come down to how do we give people the keys to their own kingdom? How do we reset their temple in a way? where health doesn't is their number one concern, but it's not taking up all the bandwidth on their mind because they've developed some sort of mastery with themselves. And I absolutely love that. And then, you know, as with anything, when we talk habits and things like that, like how do I change my diet? How do I get in the things that I'm not getting in? Convenience becomes one of the key components to that. And it's one of the most beautiful things about Organifi is that they make it extremely convenient to get very tasty, low-carbohydrate, micronutrients, and colorful f- fruits and foods in your diet, as well as adaptogenic herbs and mushrooms. Um, I've been on an Organifi Red Juice kick as of late. It's a great pre-workout. It has um, several different mushrooms and adaptogens that help the uptake of oxygen into the cells in the body while you're working out that clear out free radicals and enhance the mitochondria. I'm big on all that stuff. And most importantly, don't take my word for it. Try it for yourself. Kick your ass in the gym and see how much further and harder you can go when you try Organifi Red pre or during the workout. It tastes great. Uh, there's a number of things, you know, when I was, when I was, you know, whipping up everything with my juicer, there's a lot of chopping, shopping, cleaning, and it takes a long ass time to get the greens dialed in. Also, there's probably too many carbohydrates. You don't want to just overload yourself on liquid sugar. These guys have figured out a way to make it tasty, to keep it low carb, and to give you all the nutrients you're missing. Organifi Green Juice is a daily for me. The red has become a daily for me. And of course, the gold is the ultimate nightcap. Um, It's got a whopper of lemon balm extract, which helps you feel calm and relaxed. It's got turmeric in it, and it's a good dose of that. And so you get that nice little spicy kick. You can add a little cinnamon. I think there's some cinnamon in it already, but I like to add a little bit more because we'll do a full-fat coconut cream with it. And um, I've found that that's an excellent way. You know, if I eat a meal, sometimes, like most of the time I cook, a lot of times my wife cooks, and she can't tell where I'm at on the spectrum. Sometimes I don't want to eat much because I didn't move or work out that day. And sometimes I'm ravenous because I squat heavy that day. And I'm like, she doesn't know that. So I get home and I'm like, oh, what's for dinner? Ah. And uh, if there's not enough food, the Organifi Gold becomes the most excellent dessert on the planet. It's high in fat. It's high in all the things when you mix it with, with coconut cream. And it just gives me the best sleep ever. So it's one of the perfect ways to wind down after any hard activity. Meaning if I kick my ass in the gym, Organifi Gold is going to get me back to zero. If my mind is racing because I'm diving into... Um, the, the, if I'm diving into the corporation that is the United States of America and how that started in the 1800s, these are tough pills to swallow. Organifi gold gets me back down to zero. So a lot of pertinent ways that we can reduce stress and simply go to bed happy and just really coast off into slumberland. Dr. Quiet, one of the most important doctors and Organifi gold is one of the ways that I enhance that. Check it all out. Organifi.com slash KKP. We'll link to that in the show notes, and you're going to get 20% off using the discount code KKP. So 20% off everything in store. They've got a number of great products. Some are designed just for women, but check it all out, Organifi.com slash KKP. We're also brought to you by my buddy, Barton Scott, my buddy's UpgradedFormulas.com. 
Upgraded formulas. Barton's been on the podcast. I actually had him out at my event, the first immersive for Fit for Service, where we walked people through, 35 people through a five-day fasting mimicking diet. We took a deep dive into mobility, into hot and cold therapy by sauna and ice bath every day, into journaling practices with Eric Godsey and dream analysis, which is also a lot of the Jungian work, which also bodes well with psychedelic use. So just a whopper of information that people were able to leave with. One of the things I wanted to make sure of is that as we're fasting each day and detoxing the body with sauna and ice bath, that we stayed topped off on critical micronutrients. And without throwing off the fast, and so one of the ways we do that is we add these upgraded formulas, nano-sized minerals into our water each day. It makes the water taste phenomenal, and uh, it made sure that you know you're not just sweating out salt and bad things. You're sweating out zinc, and you can sweat out potassium and a whole host of other things your body actually needs. So while we're not eating, it was critical we did that, and I wanted to make sure people knew like this is something that I take year-round. It's not something I only do when I'm fasting or when I'm doing a lot of sauna therapy. Um, my entire family gets this, you know, I obviously titrate it for Baron Wolf, but these are the things that we throw in. And then, you know, one of the critical components that, that really makes upgraded formulas different from most companies is that they also follow the model. If you're not checking, you're guessing. And you can check to see what are, what are my balances or imbalances? Where is the sodium potassium ratio? Where is the zinc copper ratio? If you take too much zinc, around the holidays to, to buffer the immune system, that throws off copper. They compete for the same uh, receptor sites. If I take too much copper, that throws off zinc. So having those things in concert together in the right relation is super important to stay healthy and not start to get imbalanced. You can find out all this stuff and heavy metals and more with the upgraded formulas, hair mineral analysis uh, test. Uh, it goes right to your door. They teach you how to do it. It's super easy. You mail it off and then you book a consultation with them after that. And one of their experts will break down every single component to what's going on. And it, because it's hair mineral analysis, it's a much longer snapshot of what you're absorbing, what you're not absorbing, where the heavy metals are at than say a blood test, which is a very quick and immediate and effective way to look at the self, but it's not the only way to take a deep look at the internal. So check it all out, upgradedformulas.com. You're gonna save 15% off your first purchase with code KKP15 at checkout. That's KKP15. And again, um, the consultation is a phenomenal one. So check it all out, upgradedformulas.com. After you get your hair mineral analysis, it's a must. We are also brought to you by paleovalley.com. Paleo Valley has a, a number of great items. They've got some really fantastic one-of-a-kind supplements um, that are immune-based or just general health and wellness-based that kind of cover all the bases. But really my favorite thing from Paleo Valley are their, their snacks. They make incredible energy bars that are whole food-based, um, not over-the-top in carbohydrates or protein or fat or any one thing, but balanced in all these macronutrients as well as with micronutrients because of the the plants and foods that they put in there. They put collagen in there, bone broth collagen, which is incredibly important. You know, I was telling people at the immersive, one of the things that uh, Mark Sisson said in the keto reset diet is that our body will take 20 to 30 grams of protein a day to reverse engineer and make collagen with. If you supplement with collagen, that means that you are using it as a protein sparing process. You give the body greater ease and that spares the general overall protein of what your body needs to produce that. So if I cover the bases of my collagen intake by eating collagen and bone broth, which our ancestors did for millennia, now that other protein can go to building muscle and helping me recover. 
So check it all out. I, I absolutely love the Paleo Valley beef sticks as well. You've heard me mention them thousands of times. It's probably been every ad read. There is nothing like them. Um, it doesn't taste like beef jerky. There is a moistness to them, a crunch and a snap. They're fermented, which includes probiotics. They're so much easier on the gut than any other beef stick or jerky product on there. It, it, they're really in a league of their own. And 100% grass-fed, grass-finished, as I've mentioned in the past, is not just critical for our health, but critical for the health of the planet. And The Soil Will Save Us dives right into that. It's an excellent book. It's mentioned throughout in the documentary, um, Kiss the Ground, which does have a little New World Order twinge with Eat Less Meat, but overall is a good documentary. All right, paleovalley.com, discount code Kyle for 15% off everything in the store. Check out their beef sticks. Check out their snacks. I absolutely love these guys. Last but not least, we are brought to you by Sovereignty.co. Sovereignty. I mean, you, you couldn't have picked a better name at a more important time. Code KKP at checkout is going to give you 25% off both Purpose Plus and Dream Plus. Um, so these guys are really understanding, you know, it's a new year. That's why we did my immersive right at the beginning of the year. We're running another one at the end of June. So if you missed that one and you're interested, look to fitforservice.com at the end of June. We're going to run it back with another five-day fasting mimicking diet and a deep dive on all things. And likely that will lead to the deep dive on the conversation of sovereignty. I mentioned all my favorite supplements. So when you, when you come to that, you get a list of my favorite supplements with discount codes. And my favorite nootropic slash energy drink by far is Purpose Plus. It's been that way since it was created and I started guinea pigging this product for them. Um, it's truly one of a kind. It, it has a small amount of caffeine that gives you a bump from an organic source. And then there's a time-released caffeine that keeps you extended longer but never cracked out. They balance the caffeine with L-theanine as well as ashwagandha, which are incredibly beneficial adaptogenic herbs, especially if you run high, run hot, or a little bit cracky uh, just due to the nature of your personality. This really balances you in a way that gives you energy, helps you think more clearly, process, learn, and do all the things you want your optimized brain to do without pushing you over. And um, that seems to be the double-edged sword with all these things, you know, any nootropic, um, any, uh, any stimulant, you know, whether we're talking modafinil, Adderall, caffeine, at a certain point, it starts to lose, you know, you lose the benefit. And one of the best things about Purpose Plus is that it balances you no matter where you're at. And even though it's increasing, we saw this from a really cool, unique instrument they brought back over to my house and tested me with, I had increased metabolic activity which means my engine was turned on, the mitochondria were firing, and yet I increased my HRV at the same time. I have heard of no one else that can do this on the planet, and I'm not making that. Maybe they'd exist, but at the time when this happened, I was like, this is the most novel nootropic that has ever existed because an increase in HRV typically means more parasympathetic rest and digest. It means I'm calm. But an increase in energy output means I'm sympathetic, I'm more active, I'm more, let's fucking go. So to raise both scores simultaneously, it truly makes it one of a kind. I mean, I, I, there has been no one that I've ever introduced this to that has said, yeah, it didn't work. Everyone loves it. Um, it's just absolutely incredible. And their dream product, Dream Plus, is one of my all-time favorites as well. They include different... Um, 
cannabinoids and terpenes that help you sleep like CBN and, um, you know, a small dose of melatonin. And it's just the perfect balance for everything that you want, daytime and evening. If you were just to take two things to optimize your energy levels by day and then optimize your sleep by night, you can get it all at Sovereignty.co. So once again, S-O-V-E-R-E-I-G-N-T-Y dot C-O. Use code KKP at checkout for a whopper 25% off everything in the store. And last last but not least, we make it back. Not last but not least. Uh, without further ado. No, not without further ado. And without any more wasting of time, we bring on my brother, Mike Bledsoe. Kyle. Been a while. It has been a while, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while, brother. Yeah, man. Let me make sure I'm still here on the video. <laughs> yeah. So we we um, we've known each other for a while, and our lives have gone through a lot of different changes, and we find ourselves here in Austin, Texas, which is a really beautiful, beautiful spot, beautiful community, and uh, yeah, I'd love for you to just update people on what's happened for you in the last few years? Cause I know almost everybody went through a lot of change. Yeah. Well, shit. I mean, it's, uh, <laughs> in the last few years, hmm, it's really the last couple would have been the big ones. We had, uh, yeah, we had lockdowns. I was out camping with bear in, uh, March of 2020. And, um, we were, Peter Nellis Falls, really cool spot. And I kept hearing from people because I didn't have good reception. They're like, oh man, shit's getting weird. You know, they might, they might lock stores down. And I'm like, fuck no, they're not doing that. <laughs> you know, and like the big debate was, um, is this the bubonic plague? Like, is this going to take out 10% of society? You know, are 7 million people going to die? Um, or not, you know? And uh, I, I had, we had just had our asses annihilated from a cold. I talked about it on a solo podcast that happened um, in December of 2019. So right around when things started hitting um, the U.S., I think it was late November, early December. And so Christmas, I actually, I actually shit the bed. Like literally, I shit my bed <laughs> Christmas Eve. So this is how I, I don't get my ass kicked by colds often. The last time I had the flu was when I got the flu shot in 2012 because I was going to be an EMT and firefighter. Yeah. Um, I don't get, I don't get kicked. I don't get my ass kicked by a cold. And this felt unique. You know, all of us got hit. Tosh was pregnant with Wolf. And so I was super concerned with the baby. Bear and I sweat through our sheets uh, all night long for eight days straight. So every morning we'd get up, we'd peel the sheets, we'd wash them, we'd wipe the bed down, spray a little essential oils for eight fucking days. Um, nothing mattered. It didn't matter if we took, like I gave him children's ibuprofen at one point to see if I could reduce the fever, did nothing. So we just stayed hydrated. Uh, by the time I got to Christmas Eve, you know, I'd been used to sleeping in my own sweat. So when I shit the bed, I couldn't, it was straight liquid. I couldn't tell that anything <laughs> fucking happened, right? I was just like, I really couldn't tell. I just, I thought I was laying in my sweat. And then I woke up and I was like, wait, did that happen? It kind of felt like a dream. And I looked down and there's fucking just diarrhea everywhere. And I was like, oh, fuck, man. Um, so yeah, we, we got our asses handed to us. On Christmas Day, it was the only time in 40 years that I couldn't sit up to watch or open presents. I was laying down on a floor while the while Tosh and Bear were opening presents. It was gnarly. So, you know, I don't want to, you know, graze over, you know, the fact that people have died, people have had their asses kicked, uh, myself included. 
And, um, you know, even though many experts say that, that a, a virus's job is to get progressively weaker over time and not kill its host, and I, I, I attend to that and believe that, um, or I believe what they're saying at least, you know, at that time it was a big deal. And at that same time, it wasn't anywhere fucking close to what the media was putting it out to be or any of the powers that be, right, you know? Right. And so like little by little, you know, the spider sense started tingling and I kept having different experts on, you know, a lot of them are friends, Dr. Paul Celadino, the carnivore doc, um, Dr. Kirk Parsley, the former Navy SEAL, medical doctor for the Navy SEALs, yeah. still practicing medicine, yeah. banned on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. <know>, like, uh, <laughs> I, I can see him getting banned. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, one by one, um, having people on and with, you know, we have a similar background in health and wellness and I've known about the fuckery with our food and the, and the joke that is the FDA and the USDA for a dec over a decade, you know? So it wasn't new to me that, um, some of the people who hold power in government don't give a flying fuck about us. Yeah. You know, that wasn't a new notion that I had to right. grapple with. It was like, huh. And, and the why wasn't necessarily there yet. It's always power. You know, Paul Cech talked about this, uh, this fantastic book written by Dr. Naomi Klein called The Shock Doctrine. And it's still up on YouTube, her documentary. It's like an hour and 18 minutes. Um, but it's incredible. It shows how they figured out economically, Milton Friedman, who's been touted, you know, a lot of our, a lot of our, Sal from Mind Pump loves the guy. He's been touted as one of the greatest people of all time for the economy, uh, right? Milton free Friedman. Freedom to Choose. And is, a, is a series that he did. Yeah. Um, I think for PBS. Yeah. Back yeah. in the 80s. Uh-huh. So this guy's when, been around for a long time, right? Back when capitalism was popular. And so it just showed the way that that um, crisis gives an opportunity for real economic change to take place. Mm -hmm. Meaning, when shit hits the fan and no one's paying attention, that's when you do a fucking complete overhaul of the government. Yeah. And this has happened throughout history. I'm willing to bet if we take this back thousands of years to fucking Egypt and beyond, this was happening then. Yeah. So this is known, and it's just not well known among the public, but this documentary really points that out. And um, I got turned on to The Fourth Turning by my buddy Ben Stewart, which is a great book. They, they illustrate these 20-year cycles. Each one is a turning from the high to the awakening, which was the psychedelic 60s, to the unraveling, which is when we were born in the 80s, and how that's shown through culture, right? Like you had the introduction of gangster rap, uh, grunge rock. You know, like slowly you're starting to fucking peel the wheels off, and then you enter a 20-year crisis period. These guys wrote that book in the 90s, and they predicted plus or minus three years that 2005 would start the crisis. Yeah. So you add three years, what happens in 2008? Housing crisis. Right, exactly. And, was, and then in hindsight, it was that happenstance from a few greedy people or was that manufactured right so if you yeah you, there's plenty of documentaries out there that where you go oh that that was well, fucking by design what and and the, when when um when i think about things being designed by design in, in that way is i really look at the incentive structures because that's i think that's how the design works people a lot of times they go well the bankers weren't really you know they weren't doing this on purpose and and uh, I, I look at it as like, there's just a lot of useful idiots out there and they end up in a system where the incentive structures are set up that if I just follow the rules, it's going to take us a certain direction. So there's, uh, the more I've studied, the more I look at it, I go, oh, there's very few people pulling the strings, but they know how incentives work with human beings. I mean, if you want to see how incentives work, just look at, you know, what gets bought at the grocery store primarily. It's incentivized 
to eat processed food. So these are people, people's bodies don't want that. They want something else, but they're incentivized economically. And, and there's other factors going on that, that sends them down that route. Yeah, no, and there's there's a lot of that, you know. And then so I grappled heavily in 2020 with uh, you know, my own Dark Knight of the Soul from um Five MEO journey and um which literally lasted a while, you know, two and a half weeks. Um <laughs> thankfully Czech really like pulled me back, he grounded me in, into my body and I was able to make my way through that. But I mean, that's the as above, so below. And I don't need to make shit esoteric or spiritualize it, but the world I view externally has an impact on my internal. We know that through psychology, through anything. Um, and what I was seeing in the world and grappling with for sure had an impact on a psychedelic journey. Like there's no, <laughs> that's pretty fucking undeniable, oh, yeah. right? Oh yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who were like this hit and they they went and ate five grams of mushrooms immediately. And I'm going, <laughs> ah, yeah. I don't know. Now's the time for that. Yeah, not the, not the yeah. right time. Um, so, so that, that ended up being a huge positive, but, you know, all the while still looking into stuff, still trying to figure out what's going on and, you know, listening to David Icke and being like, all right, man, I hope this guy isn't right. And then little by little, the shit he's saying makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a little hesitant on David Icke and a lot of what he's predicted has come true. So it's, I, I think, I think it's actually, I think part of it, why I, I say I'm hesitant on certain people is because that, uh, if, if you align too hard in one direction, an entire group of people stop listening. Mm. But if you just stick with, I don't know, I, maybe I'm wrong here, but I think if you stick with a certain, if you just go with what is and it's very obvious, which to him it is obvious. Yeah. But and, and I think the same thing happens for, for me is I, I talk about things and people are like, oh, you're crazy. I'm like, this is so obvious. <laughs> so it's like well and, and so maybe maybe that's what it is. I mean everyone's speaking from a place of what's obvious to them and they uh if you get if you color too far outside the lines then people throw rocks. Yeah, you know the, there's been, you know, so many great articles written and columns written about how a psyop actually works. You know, like how how the great work for ourselves is not just the great awakening where we come to know God and we are one. It's to, 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 to come to know the world as it actually is. And that takes balls. And it also takes letting uh, our view of the old world die, yeah. right? Like they have to collapse every belief that I've held around what type of society I live in, my thoughts on America, you know, my thoughts on patriotism, my thoughts on all these things. And then what was good from that? Like, like the constitution is fucking awesome. Yeah. And as it turns out, it, there was a lot of things that per pertain to right now in this moment with our law structure. It's like why it was law. created. Yeah. was for these situations. I mean, there, yeah. there's been a lot of things that have been done out of emergency powers mm -hmm. that they go, oh, we're doing this. And everyone goes, well, it's okay because this is a, this is a special situation. And I go, save our life. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, that's why it was written. It was written for the special situations. It wasn't written for the. You know, it's like you don't train to fight. You train to fight or you, you carry a gun or whatever in case some bad shit happens. Not because you want to all the time. It's a, it's a pain in the ass to learn how to fight. It's a pain in the ass to, to protect yourself, like learn how to protect yourself. But when the day comes, you're glad you have it. And that's what the Constitution was for. Yeah. It was for if shit, when shit. It's the fan, and I, 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 the founding fathers also said, you know, I think it was Benjamin Franklin 
was like, you know, I give it 200 years before people want a king again. They want someone to be in charge. They want that one person to make the decisions for them because it gets too difficult. And and there's been a systematic dismantling of people's conscience and people's ability to make decisions for themselves. And, and it's demonstrated by how many people are just following orders. We look at Canada right now. These fucking cops aren't wearing name badges. They pulled their fucking badges off. Man. They're wearing masks. And I, I look at that, I go, this is, this is really bad. These, they're breaking a lot of rules that are in place that, that are there for the purpose of accountability. And when you remove the ability to ha- hold someone accountable, the responsibility diffuses. So you got a cop wearing a uniform already is diffusing responsibility. Even if you got your name on your, on your jacket, you take that name off, it diffuses even further. Now it's that much easier just to follow orders. And in my opinion, following or- just following orders is the root of evil. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, then you're not practicing your own conscience. You don't have your, you, your soul is not playing the game anymore. It's yeah. sitting in the back seat. There's a, a recent episode on Rogan's that I'm, I'm almost done with that was going fucking haywire. Majid Nawaz, episode 1780. He breaks down all of this. You know, former Islamic extremist, self said. And, um, you know, not in the sense of bombing places and shit like that, but trying to infiltrate governments and overthrow with ideas, you know? Yeah. And um, really, you know, through um, work with a Sufi, which is like the mystical aspects of Islam, really started to come to his own, a different understanding of what his religion was, who his people are. And because it was coming from a Sufi, he was open to it. It, it spoke to his lineage, right? It's a brilliant, brilliant podcast. And he really dives into... The military-grade psychological operation, uh, the joke that is the media. I mean, like, the problem is we heard fake news first from Hillary, and then we hear it from Trump, and it became, it's like, between the two of them, there's somebody you don't like. Yeah. Right? There's somebody that yeah. you don't trust. There's somebody, between the two of them, right? It's guaranteed. So, so when nobody. You, you hear terms like that, it's almost like they're just tossed out ahead of time, um, to kind of train us a certain way, like conspiracy theory was a coined term from the CIA. Yeah. But what is a conspiracy really? I mean, it's 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 any uh, person or group of people that come together. I'm paraphrasing the fuck out of this. I don't have Webster's in front of me. Not that I trust Webster's anymore at this point. But <laughs> I don't changed, trust anyone. They've changed a few definitions <laughs> the last couple quite of years. Quite a few, dude. <laughs> um, any group of people that would come together and and conspire to change an outcome. Uh, a Above law, below law, with law. Like it doesn't like the law piece isn't necessarily um, equated to that. It could be, you know, like like in a huddle, a football team conspires to get a first down. Yeah. So the thing that people are missing in this is: is there a group of people conspiring to shape society in a certain way? And right now, and of course, they point this out. They play Darth Vader's music, you know, on this podcast with Rogan while. Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum oh, speaks. Yeah. Yeah. And what does he say? He says, we've infiltrated all of the governments with our people from the young, the young future of tomorrow. You know, like whatever the fuck that name is um, for, for where they train leaders. I'll give an example. Justin Trudeau, graduate. Uh, Bill Gates, graduate. Um, what's his name? Mar- Maron, Marcon? Uh, a French prime minister? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, a graduate. I know right? who you're talking young, about. Young, yeah. 
if you make it into power, you make it to be the top, right? Um, several of our presidents and, and candidates. So that's undeniable. Then he writes a book, COVID-19 and the Great Reset. Yeah. Right. And Rogan points out like, yeah, that used to be a conspiracy theory. People saying like, it's for the Great Reset. And then he actually writes, the dude writes a book with that in the title. They used to call it the Fourth Industrial Revolution. Now it's coined the Great Reset. Well, the, the interesting thing is, is if you bring up the book and what it says, people will call you conspiracy theorists and go, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact. And he's it's, right. It's he's, written. He's written. It's public. And it's the dude that is trying to shape the world and well, also has... Since since the World Economic Forum started, I think in '73, within two years, every world leader was in attendance. Think of how quick that rises. Within two or three years, you now have the president of the United States. The, any major power is is attending that um, by invite. But of course, they're fucking all there to design society. And Noam Chomsky is a little bit easier to handle than like an Alex Jones or a David Icke. Noam's written books for. 60 years, I think. Yeah. He's in his 80s or 90s. Like, he's been talking about this for a very long time. This shit doesn't happen overnight. So, really, I mean, in the past two years, my thoughts have been around that, and I've been very switched on. You know, when you, anybody who becomes a dad, there's a certain thing that ignites within you where you're like, oh, it's not just about me anymore. And same, especially for mom, right? You're like, yeah. And there, then that, the, the double-edged sword is, when am I going to get my life back? You know, like I'll never, it'll never be the same. We're not going to fuck never. again. Like all these things, right? Yeah. Uh, eventually you get to be empty nesters, but you're different people at that point. Point I'm making is certain things switch around in the DNA uh, when you become a parent and it moves from, because I can handle my own shit. I can yeah. protect my wife. Yeah. And I got kids and I got little ones. You know, what do we do if the power goes out? What do we do? And so my, I really started looking into this stuff and it's so comical uh that like you can get flagged on facebook if you're in a prepping group and what is a prepper right like you want to learn how to can organically can and store in jars your own produce fucking red flag yeah well, <laughs> you know, like, it, well, i just... find it interesting is um how triggered people become uh one thing i've noticed is people get triggered when you become independent your independence you being able to, to have your own sovereignty is threatening to another person because if you're not part of their group, then you're a threat. There's this very interesting thing that happens psychologically, and it's and it's a, it's a bit upsetting for me because I've just made some comments to try to help other people be more independent, and then people come in. I'm like, if they don't want it though, I, I, you can't you, you know that you can't grab it by the arm and bring it to the altar. No, you know. No. And I'm like, I'm like, you guys are getting so upset. This doesn't involve you. Like the whole point of independence, I'm not going to bother you. Just don't bother me. Mm -hmm. And that is super threatening. And it's a very, it's a one way street in a way. Because I'm, I'm being independent is a, is a passive thing. It's a, I'm not trying to force anybody, anything on anybody. And you got the, the majority of the people that want, they're fighting over who gets to tell who what to do. Mm -hmm. And that's that's one reason I've had a hard time with voting over the last decade is yeah. because once I realized that it's just a people people are so passionate about voting because they get to tell the other group what to do who's going to win this fight over who's in charge and everyone buys into the the illusion of government and when they buy into it and they vote and they pay their tax dollars it's it's it always 
creates tyranny on one side or the other. Because on the on the right, there's things that the right doesn't want people to do. And on the left, there's things they want to control. And it's it's a big just like fight over control. And it's I know for you and I both have had the experience of what it means to let go of control. You know, you're in a medicine ceremony. That's on an individual level, you realize you really don't have control over what's happening out here. And when I see people fighting for control, it just looks like a lot of children. It's a bunch of children that are afraid that someone's going to tell them what to do, so they got to figure out how to tell them, the other people what to do first. I'm going to say it first, yep. Yeah, so. Yeah, that's a big one. I mean, it, it, Graham Hancock and a lot of the greatest minds on the planet say it would be a great requirement, a prerequisite for any world leader to have gone through some initiation rite of passage. doesn't have to necessarily be plant medicines, although that's tried and true, and we know it would work in the right container, but a vision quest, no food, no water for four days. Yeah, um, simple. You know, really potent breath work, or darkness, you know, like Aubrey did for six days and nights, where you're effectively in a cave. You know, like that yeah. DMT switch goes on, and you don't get to turn it off. Like three days in, <laughs> you're there. <laughs> you know, like no puffs necessary. Um, and these are missing components in our society. You know, like a great book that came out by Douglas Murray was The Madness of Crowds. And it really painted, you know, where we're at as a society, you know, and, and uh, from a gay British guy, brilliantly yeah. authored, you know, um, he, he's become buddies. Uh, it's cool that he talked about this guy, uh, Majid Nawaz, because um, they ended up becoming buddies. And of course, he, you know, Majid ended up, you know, working with uh, Sam Harris and they did some really cool, I think they wrote a book together. This is a fantastic story, but I like giving people little snippets. You know, I've, I've read so many fucking books and um, in the last two years, far more because it was more important than ever um, for me to psychologically understand that I'm, A, I'm not going insane. B, there are people who, who agree and can verify and point to shit where it's like... It is nice to know you're not crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I've done some solo casts where I was like, you know, if you, if you, don't, if you don't agree, that's fine. Just chalk it up to my 30-gram experience or something else. Maybe I had one too many journeys. But, um, you know, all of these books that are coming out now from Oneness versus the 1% by Vanna Nashiva... Um, uh, the Truth Behind COVID-19 by Dr. Joe Mercola. Uh, what was another one that I just finished that was absolutely fantastic? The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will blow your fucking mind. Mind-blowing. They spend an hour on ivermectin, an hour on hydroxychloroquine, and how those are systematically taken away. They had 65 years of safe and efficacious use of hydroxychloroquine. It was over-the-counter in several countries. And uh, they knew the dose range for six and a half decades. So then when the Gates-funded trial went to test that, how do you figure out how to, how to not get that through? You go 10x above the highest dose possible, and they fucking literally killed people to not allow that to be uh, in the Emergency Use Act. Wow. And why? Because it's not... It was fucking off, off uh, patent. Yeah. It's 10 bucks versus yeah. $3,000 for remdesivir, which Gates and Fauci have patents on. Like, it's just, there's shit like that where which they connect causes dots. kidney failure. Yeah, there's, there's things like that, and you're just like, man. But I, I think, um, you know, what's been important for me throughout all this to keep a sane 
sane head and, and to be able to dad and, and go to work each day and, and enjoy life. There are, you know, the serenity prayer. Like I, I'm always, I'm always looking to what, what is within my control? What can I control? Um, and what's outside of me that I got to let go of and surrender to, you know? Yep. And as I keep recircling back on that question, quite a bit more becomes under my control, you know? And, I, and there is a thirst for knowledge. That's why I have, you know, books on regenerative agriculture, biodynamic farming from Steiner. This is, this is a path to sovereignty is, and a connection to our food, which is super important. That, um, that's something I was interested in before. I remember yeah, reading yeah. Uh, Omnivore's Dilemma mm-hmm. in 2011. I was on my way to a competition and I was listening to it. I had my team with me and I started just talking about having a regenerative farm. And they were like, Mike is crazy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and I fantasize, you know, I haven't taken action on it, but I, I fantasize. I've had conversations. It's, it's something that I recognize. It, it's something that has to happen. Yeah. It has to happen. And at some point I got to pull the trigger and, and make the move. And the last two years is... It, it, it's felt like this is the the right type of pressure to make that happen. And one thing I want to point out, like talking about sovereignty, I think a lot of times people think that's like a uh, uh, a response to what's happening, which I, I think it it speeds up that process. But having your sovereignty is, uh, I think I lost my train of thought. Sovereignty, sovereignty, sovereignty. Yeah. Let me throw in a snooze. You want one? We'll see. We'll see how long I can don't, last. Don't keep it in for long. These are the big boys. Um, yeah, oh, I've, been, I've been diving a lot into sovereignty. I've got a few books here. One that will change your life, written by a former Marine. Well, let's talk about the definition of it. Yes. All right. Dive into that. And then I'll, I brought these books with me so I could bring them up because they're, they're quite good. Well, well, so- <laughs> sovereignty, gets, sovereignty gets into interesting territory because I hear d- different people use it in different ways. And, you know, oh, I have financial sovereignty or I have legal sovereignty or I have whatever sovereignty. And I think about sovereignty is if you break down the word, you got you're you're your own ruler because you have the word reign in there. And that that applies to all things. Nobody is setting the rules for me. Now, there is the grand authority of God that's set the rules, which is things like gravity and natural law. And and if I try to fuck you over, and then you have every right to, to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. And so these are really basic core laws. But the thing is, is it, to me, when I look at sovereignty, that's just all it means. And getting to that place is where all of society needs to get if we're going to have peace. You're not going to get peace by everybody following the same leader. Yeah, you're gonna, The only way to get peace is for people to become educated on how to make, get in contact with their own conscience and be able to make decisions and recognize what's right and wrong and, and go from that and then suffer the consequences. We have to when move you do beyond the wrong. rational mind. I think you're speaking to that as well. If you look to the, the founding forefathers, they were true Renaissance men. They knew all sorts of shit like the ancient Greeks. They knew, I mean, Benjamin Franklin was a you know, bit of a tummy there, but that came, came with wealth for the most part. But these guys, they knew how to grow their own food. They knew how to hunt. They knew how to build their own fucking house. And they did. Um, they, they continued to learn. They knew about law. They knew what didn't work. And, and they knew the real history of the world. You know, like that, I think that is something that, it's a task that seems daunting, but it's a requirement for every person to understand what does health mean? 
who's in charge of that? Is it some turd in a white lab coat or is it fucking me? Is it my <laughs> job, right? Um, and, and, you know, guys like Dr. Zach Bush and my buddy, Dr. Nathan Riley, OBGYN and um, hospice care doctors, both of them. Uh, Dr. Nathan Riley delivered a baby and then in the same 24 hours helped a dude transition. Wow. Death. Like powerful, powerful stories. That's a trip. And, um, but what have we done with that? We've made it a procedure. Mm-hmm. You know, we take death out of the home. We, we outsource the delivery. Like I had Bear in, uh, at Stanford Hospital. It was our first. It would have cost more to do a home birth. And then we had Wolf at home. It's, in, it's not comparable. It's just not even fucking comparable. And we had, there's always plan B, you know, people are like, well, what if something goes wrong? Like, <laughs> yes, I am aware of that. You have plan B. We were eight minutes from a hospital, from the ER. They were notified when we were going into labor. Hey, have a bed ready just in case. Um, thankfully didn't need it. You know, I caught both our kids and like, that is something that not a lot of dudes do anymore. You know, it's some fucking complete stranger holding your child first, then they're going to wipe it off and five minutes later, put it on mom's boob. Like, no, 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 no. <laughs> Leave that coat of microbiome right on the skin till it dries yeah. and flakes off. There's no washing for the first week. Yeah. You know, then put the baby right on mom immediately as soon as dad can take his eyes off of it. Was you it know? you or was I, I was talking to somebody, I think it was somebody else. They were talking about the baby came out and the nurse started to clean the baby. That was me. And I said, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. I was like, no, 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 we're not doing that. Was, was leave a mark? No. Oh, I was that ta- wasn't mean. I was talking to somebody. It had left like oh, that wow. for for like months afterwards. There was a strip where the skin was discolored. Wow. For um uh yeah. So it, like just that really demonstrates in yeah. Like once you see that, there is actually something happening here. Yeah. Because you start talking about microbiome on the, uh, on the skin. I, I was first introduced to that man, maybe seven years ago. I haven't I haven't used. Soap, except for after I do jujitsu or something, but I minimize the soap. I skin mm. brush instead, rinse off. Yeah, skin brush. Sauna. Yeah, there's brother. a lot of great ways to keep the body way more clean and healthy. And when when my girlfriend, who we've been dating for two years, found out that I didn't shower or I, I I shower, I don't use soap. She was like, "Yeah, but you don't smell." It's like, well, I don't eat a lot of sugar. I don't feed all that bad bacteria. Yeah. That, there's the thing. Like, people don't equate that piece. Like, <laughs> man, that guy stinks. And he's like, um, I can tell. I've got a couple friends. One of our buddies, Alex Rubczynski. Sometimes the guy fucking stinks. <laughs> right? He's my boy. He's been on the podcast. His wife, Sarah, she's been on. She'll say it too. You know, like, Alex yeah. is fucking ripe today. Well, what is the guy doing differently? He'll know. He's the he first knows. to know. He, he knows, knows how why. he smells, but he also knows the why. Right? Like, hey, man, I'm doing an intestinal cleanse. That's all I needed to hear. You know, make the hug quick, buddy. <laughs> I'll give you a peck on the lips. I'll give you a kiss, but we're not doing the long embrace. Um, you know, it, he is he is at least, and you know, these guys are high-level check practitioners. They know, they know the shit inside and out. Um, most people are still grappling with looking at, and if it fits your macros type right, program, right. where it's like, oh, I can get away with the donut because um, I'm still under X amount of calories. Like, no, 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 no. That was like, that was like, <laughs> that, that's like what really got me, like, that, that when the, if it fits your macros thing came out and people were eating donuts for post-workout. Yeah. That was, that was, that was a big turning point for me where I was, everyone was getting on board and I go, this is, this is, that's fucked up. It's not real food, it's right? It's fucked up. And so, so when you, when you, you can understand where the general population is still figuring out food doesn't just make me gain weight or have the potential to make me gain weight. It has the potential to influence how I think, how I feel, 
uh, my cognitive energy or lack of, how I sleep, my response to stress, fucking you name it, dude. Well, it ain't is, just recovery, right? Like This that, is why health and sovereignty go hand in hand. Yeah. Because you, if you're eating processed shit food, you're way easier to control. You can't think clearly. I had um, uh, my girlfriend and I Saturday night just decided we wanted some authentic Mexican food. So we stopped by a trailer and picked some up, and it was, you know. It was the real deal? I, it was the real deal. I, I could <laughs> see in the trailer, I go, oh, man, I'm pretty sure they're not using the right type of oil. <laughs> <laughs> and for a day and a half, I was foggy. I didn't, the fog didn't clear till Monday. And I go, wow, people are living this way every day. They're eating three Four times a day, nothing but shit food, nothing but processed, nothing but that. Everything has some type of vegetable oil. They're, mm-hmm. they're experiencing inflammation of the brain. And then when they come across somebody who's actually healthy and we start talking to them, we're fucking crazy. Well, and, they and, can't, and people it's like it's an identity thing too, right? I forget there was a guy in Rogan's who talked about, he had studied world religion in college, got his degree in that. And he said, you know, people are too wrapped up in their identity with religion. So I got to leave that one on the table. I'm going to write a book on uh, diet. And he was like, it's the same fucking thing, right? Yeah. People are so wrapped up with what they eat. Um, and, you know, the the addict is the first to deny there's an issue, Yeah, right? Like I eat perfect. How many, how many overweight people have I come to coach that say their diet is perfect? It's, it's an insane number, right? Like, like 90% of them. There's very few that, like, like Paul says. By the time they get to you, they've already tried a bunch. They're, they're already doing pretty good, I imagine. For the mo- now, nowadays, you know, early on is different. I mean, I helped a, uh, a buddy of mine lose 120 pounds back when I was first getting into it and first getting into Paul Check's stuff. But point being, you know, Paul says, stop bullshitting yourself. That's when you actually get clear on what's, what's working or not working for you. But, you know, we could rabbit hole that whole thing. Health is a big piece of this, yeah. right? The law and government is a huge piece of this. Um, and, and you know, this this brother on 1780, well, Majid Nawaz, so- really, really breaks that down in a unique way. And there's tons of books. Like people, A History of Central Banking by Stephen Mitford Goodson is such, an, and Fruit from a Poisonous Tree, it's one of my all-time favorites by Melvin Stamper, who's a... Um, was in the uh, the Marines for 12 years. They, they will fundamentally uproot everything. And it, how do you know these guys are right? Well, because it's not just these guys. There are several books corroborating this and several different people like David Icke, who's been saying it for 30 fucking years. You know, I don't yeah. want to believe that, oh, just because my name's in all caps on my birth certificate and on my driver's license and on my passport, that that somehow makes me party to these ridiculous rules that they make up each year, like for four and a half million new laws and most of the tax laws. It doesn't make you party, but it makes your corporation. Yep. And then you're, and that's what it is, right? People get confused that they're not, what is a straw man? What is a straw man? Right. And so there's another really good one that, uh, Dr. Nathan Riley sent me. That's a very small, it's like 70 pages. Uh, you get on Amazon, meet your straw man and other things you want to know. These are brilliant books. They're not shit that you want to, they're not happy books. They're not books where you're like, Oh fuck. Yeah. Cool. You're like, uh oh. Yeah, there, there's a quote I really love, which is the truth is belligerent. <laughs> it doesn't give a fuck how you feel. Uh-huh. In fact, it's you're probably not gonna feel very good as you expose yourself to the truth. Yeah. And I, I, I look at I look at all this information. I've consumed a lot of 
similar information. I, and the, the core thing that I've found that if you do this one thing, then all of that other stuff is very easy to grasp and just makes sense, which is what's your relationship to authority? I walk around, you've got, um, what was his name? The psychedelic, uh, he was always telling him to question authority. Tim Leary. Tim Leary. So you've got guys like that saying question authority and you've got, I, I see people wearing t-shirts and pins and all this stuff. And then there's two layers to that conversation. One is question authority is look at the authority and question those guys. That's layer one. That's surface level bullshit. Questioning authority means, is there authority? Like, question the authority. Those people don't even have authority. That, that's, that you give them the authority, but, like, if you truly question authority, you get to the conclusion that I'm my authority, and then God is the authority. Anyone else who claims they're the authority is complete bullshit. And if you take that, if you truly believe that, if that's, if that's a perspective that you hold, then you have to take personal responsibility for everything in your life because anywhere you don't take that personal responsibility is subject to somebody else's ideas of how you should behave. And you have no idea what their intentions are. Yeah. And so... Oh, like the path to hell is... Or the, the pathway to hell is paved with good intentions, right? Exactly. They dive into that on that podcast with Majid. Like, it is... And you, you have to take intention aside because intention could be great. Like, Bill Gates... Um, who, who now has more farmland than anyone else in the world, he might have great intentions for that. He also owns a large sum of Monsanto before they sold to um, Bayer, German company that was around in Nazi Germany. They make your aspirin, right? That's not the dude that you want farming. That's the dude you don't want farming. You don't want Monsanto spraying and creating new genetically modified strains that infect organic fields around it and then sue the fuck out of those farmers. Watch Food, Inc. That's an old one we all watch, yeah, right? Yeah. Everyone in the paleo effects community, we all got switched on and likely we're already in, into some form of health and wellness before that documentary came out. Vanda Nashiva, who wrote One Versus 1%, is in that. She's a PhD in quantum physics and regenerative agriculture. Like, she wow. is truly fucking one of a kind, right? Yeah. Um, that book exposes so much, you know, and, and, and to your point, like, well, what can you do? Um, Joel Salatine, who is the star of that, has also been on Rogan's. He said one in 10 people must become farmers and the people who don't must know their farmer. Yeah. Right. We vote with our dollar. That was one of the main takeaways. So, and people talk, oh, it's easy for you. You got money and all this shit. And it's like, look, when I was fighting in the UFC, making dog shit, living in my mom's garage, paying 500 a month for rent, utilities, all of it. Um, which was the, that's what I needed to do when I lived in the Bay Area, you know, and I yeah. fought professionally. I would save up, well, you know, any money I'd make at the strip club bouncing and bartending, I would buy organic grass-fed ground beef. I couldn't yeah. afford steak. I bought the ground beef, and that was the best thing I could give them. I, I had something similar. I was, I was running my gym. I was making a couple thousand dollars a month myself, so it was like, got to pay rent, and then I was spending a thousand dollars a month on, on food, and I remember having clients come in, and they go, they go, I, it's so expensive to eat well. I'm like, I mean, the, the prices are artificially depressed for processed food. So, yeah, it's cheaper for sure. But it really comes down to what you value. I was spending a, a third to half of my paycheck on going to the farmer's market, meeting. 
I remember I got in a debate with a farmer when I was there. Uh, my girlfriend at the time was just like so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take you anywhere. Because <laughs> I was like, I, he, he was saying his was grass fed. I was like, yeah, but is it grass finished? He was like, well, all, all well, his, his comment first was like, all beef is, is grass fed. I'm like, I know. Now, is it grass finished? He, and then he got all flustered and then like started yelling at me because I was like pushing his button. And I was like, I was like, look, I just want to know the truth. Yeah. Oh, and he was saying the grass fed thing is bullshit. And I was like, uh-huh. I'm going to the next booth. Yeah. I like go, don't just go to the farmer's market and, and buy whatever the fuck is there. Cause you don't know, talk to the farmers and you get talking to somebody. I don't need to buy organic or, or whatever it is that's, that's labeled because that's bullshit. Talk yeah, to organic, the farmer. Organic like, chicken eggs means that they fed it organic corn and soybean. Yeah. It doesn't mean that chicken was out on the fucking prairie eating worms and maggots out of cow poop, which, as it turns out, that's what a chicken wants to eat, right? Yeah. Like, that's yeah. when you get, like, the darkest, brightest orange. Not, you know, pale-ass ghost yellow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you get yeah. an orange yolk that's loaded with vitamin A, the usable kind. Yeah. You know, not beta-carotene and carrots. Uh, the, the most bioavailable form of it, fat-soluble vitamins that are in charge of cell replication and fucking immune health, right? That's what you get when you get something that's, yeah. that's from its own natural habitat. So you and I made hard choices when we were both poor. Mm -hmm. And then because of those great choices that were hard at the time, set us up to have good health, be able to think for ourselves, and then to later become successful. And then people point at us and go, well, you got money. It's not the same. It's like, (laughs) like, that's how you get here. You get here by doing these things. Yeah. And people don't want to hear that. They want, uh, I mean, I've had people message me and go oh it's easy for you to say you were born like with a silver spoon in your mouth and in california i'm like okay i was not born in california i grew up in memphis tennessee and it was a little hood (laughs) and uh yeah i lived inside of my gym but people people look at where people are at currently and think that that's how it's always been yeah yeah it's it's a it's a bummer but i think more and more now you know like the you know, the, Paul always said, sooner or later, health, your health will be your number one concern, right? So you either make it so right now or when you're, when you got fucking stage four cancer or when you're 200 pounds overweight or, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when your kidneys are failing and you need to go on dialysis, you name it, right? Sooner or later, that's going to become the most important thing. On a global stage, one of the benefits of, of the tyranny that's transpired in the last two years is it's forced us to look at it. Now, not everyone wants to look. A lot of people are like Joey Pantaleone in The Matrix where he's cutting a steak, <laughs> right? And he's like, I want to eat this steak yeah. and I don't want to worry if the computer got the algorithm right. You know, right. ignorance is bliss. Right. There are a lot of people right now that just say, give me whatever you tell me to give me and let's go back to normal. There is no go back to anything normal. Um, you know, and what Ike points to is the same thing that, that um, this episode on Rogan points to is that, that if you understand the end game of where they're trying to take it, it makes the totalitarian tiptoe really visible. Yeah. Right? Each time an emergency act gets used and what transpires after that, it makes it more visible. And I think, um, you know, at a certain point, you can't look away. And so then, what comes back within my control? Number one, education. Number two, health. Or number one, health. Number two, education. And education on all things. Education on how to grow my own food. Like, what actually makes me sovereign? I got to cover at least the first three bases of Maslow's hierarchy of needs for myself and my kids. If I can do that, you know, have a sustainable home uh, that has no debt, um, 
some land that I can grow enough food on, right? There's some really good companies that are teaching people how to grow in the suburbs and, and super urban areas. And you can join co-ops if you don't want to farm and don't give a shit about it. At least know the farmer's market. At least know the people you can go to if they close grocery stores. Yeah, that, right? that's one thing I like about what's happening over at Kuya right now. Mm-hmm. Is, uh, Kuya is this amazing mental health wellness clinic. I don't know what you call it. Spa. Um, so it's one of a kind. Uh, I think it's the new new way of doing things is what's happening over there. But yeah, you can pick up your food from somebody who That's she is. That's my girl, Jaylene Novotky. Yeah, she was a fit for service member. Yeah. She's, she's amazing. She's sourced. So that's the other thing. If yeah. you live in a big city, odds are there's someone like Jaylene there. And she's, gonna, she's working with a couple other uh, former fit for service members to actually start to connect the people like Voltron online. Yeah. So that you know, if I live in Philly, I don't know anyone in Philly. Let me go on this website. Oh, there's someone here that's doing what Jaylene's doing. What Jaylene does is she goes to the best places that aren't well-known. You know, like Rome Ranch is awesome. We're homies with those guys. They're coming back on the podcast. Uh, They do Force of Nature products, all regenerative uh, agriculture, bison products. They're at Whole Foods, Sprouts. They're awesome. They're in Whole Foods and Sprouts. They don't need any help. Yeah. Who are the local mom and pops that are, are throwing organs in the trash because there's no market for them? Yeah. There's a market. Yeah, they just need is. to be connected, right? And, and that's what Jaylene's doing, right? So she's getting people, uh, number one, aware of what is healthy food. Number two, connecting them to the farmer. And what's great is I don't have to drive all over Texas. She gets to do that, right? She, she meets people for deliveries halfway, and, and she's picking up some of the, the best grass-fed, grass-finished, full-cream yogurt I've ever had in San Antonio. Then she's getting cheese from a different farm. Then she's getting, you know, she's doing this legwork, and you get a box every two weeks of a wide variety of amazing food from the best regenerative agriculture specialists, best meat, dairy, and eggs, and produce when it's available. Like, that's a fucking cool thing. Take my money. Take the guesswork and the legwork yeah. out for me, right? Well, this is, this is just a, an example of decentralization. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, the food supply is a, is a major issue that's coming up. Uh, I recognize that. Early on, when my buddy, uh, when he was running, his family's running ranches, and when the when uh, COVID first hit, and all the restaurants shut down, there was no need for uh, pork for these restaurants, and they're having to euthanize all these pigs in these nearby farms. Because that was by design too. So in California and a number of places, they deemed pork to be a major contributor to climate change. So another thing that's been hijacked from Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, a lot of these clowns is they take a real issue, like we're fucking up the environment, and then they add layers of complexity to it that really don't exist. Yeah. Um, Rob Wolf and Diane Rogers pointed this out in the fantastic documentary and book, Sacred Cow. Uh, carbon emissions in a closed chain loop. Dr. Paul Salonino says this. In a closed chain loop... It doesn't matter what they shit in the ground because they're shitting on grass. Then the herd is stamp- stomping it back in. A uh, great book, The Soil Will Save Us, dives right into the science on this. For 500 years, it will sequester carbon. So it's not methane farts or burps from a cow. It's not methane farts from a pig that are causing this. Like We're spraying shit in the air and on the ground. That's causing a problem to our water, our air, and our soil. Big yeah. problems, right? Yeah. I think 70% of the insect population is down since the 1970s. Check says that's the, those are the sex organs of the earth, right? Like we can't lose the bees, we can't lose butterflies, yeah. we can't lose dragonflies. That's a real problem. Yep. Um, so again, I mean, it's just the, 
to really understand it fully, you got to dive headfirst into it. And then, you know, it can become very simple. Okay, what's in my control? What's in my control is what I put in my mouth, what I put in my body, what I feed to my kids. Um, what type of information do I want to gather that is empowering, not disempowering? And, and to know those things. And then again, like you said, decentralize it, right? Like if we know the top down has not worked and it hasn't worked forever, eventually all you know, Rome falls, eventually they all fall down. Um, rather than, and I forget the guy, it might've been, it might've been Brett Weinstein who said like, who, who, what do you win in a revolution? It's whoever wins is who inherits the rubble, right? We don't, this isn't, thankfully it hasn't yet become a physical war, but 100%, this is a psychological war. It's a war on what we believe and, and a war on what we believe to be true. And if we understand that, we can search for the truth. The truth is inherent. It's in the wisdom of our elders. It's in the wisdom of the indigenous. It's in the wisdom of farmers that have been doing it right and understand what a living, breathing ecosystem is. And we say, let me be a part of that. You know, and we seed that out and then people get healthy and they're like, oh, shit. Yeah. I don't get sick anymore. Oh, shit. You know, like I'm, I tend, tur- turns out my natural immunity works just fine. You know, yeah. those, are, those are things that empower people. Yeah, and going back to what you said before, is like the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Even good intentions that uh, in, inside of a system that's centralized power creates single points of failure. And when you have single points of failure, that means that you only have to have one oops and it fucks everything up for everybody. Decentralized is beautiful because you may experience an oops somewhere, but it's contained. That oops is just over there. And then everybody else, because of where we're at in the world right now with technology, we get to learn from that oops and then make sure we don't make that oops too. So there's what, I, what I'm seeing is with, with everything that's decentralizing right now is just a massive uh, evolution of consciousness that's, that's going to come online. But it has to get away from this. People have to get their mind off of what the, the central message is and decentralize their information as well. Yeah, hundred percent. And then hold, hold that prized possession of what decentralized information looks like. Right? We're not yeah. getting it on Twitter. We're not getting it on Instagram. We're not getting it on Facebook. We're not getting it from YouTube. We're not getting it from you Google. There's whole documentaries on Google. Pod- Podcast is one of the few places where you can get decentralized information. Absolutely. And that's yeah. why Rogan is number one. He's not even prime time. He's, he's <laughs> uncensored. <laughs> There's no narrative. Uh, he plays devil's advocate more than I like, you know, but I know why he does it. Yeah. And, and he's got like 11 million listeners per podcast. Whereas like all the best, the CNNs, the, the, the 60 minutes, they're like 1.5 million. Yeah. So the, the people, you know, they're voting with their dollar. They're voting with their time. They're voting with attention mm-hmm. and you can see where that shift is. And that's why the government's going after him, yeah. right? Because he's he just had, you know, overwhelmingly um, a small handful of people. Thank God he brought this guy on after he made his apology because it's like, cool, he's still going to fucking yeah. have the right people on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people like us that have understood um, the direction the world is trying to go and, and are starting to put their feet down and say, nope, hold the fucking line. It's, it's, I've been begging internally for Rogan to fucking have these people on, and he has. So yeah. thank you. That's yeah. fucking rad. Yeah. What do, where do we go from here? Like, you, you know, we've had two years of pandemic. Things get shut down. Uh, people are waking up left and right to 
what has been happening. Um, I, I've witnessed a lot of people who were saying I was crazy a year ago who are now coming around and being like, all right, I've got questions for you now, which it's a really good, it's a really good sign. Um, yeah, where do we go? Uh, what's the responsibility? Where, where do people put their effort? Yeah, there's a, I mean, there's a few things. Just on a grand scale, when you come to find out just, you know, what, what, the lack of health in the ocean, just look at something like that, you know, if we're paying attention to environment, um, that's a daunting task. And the, the plastics and all the this and the that and the acidification due to the chemicals going in there. Um, you look at the soil. You look at any any one of these factors on a on a global scale, and then you you look at things. You know, like what back to you. Like what is the thing that I need to operate at my best? I mean, really fit for service is about that thing. How do I become fit to actually serve another? It means I got to tend my own fucking garden first, right? So yep. it always starts there. But um, you know. Many of the the greatest, whether they're spiritual teachers or farmers or any of these any of these people that have mastery in a certain skill set, they all say you let your desire guide you. And there's a fucking if there's eight billion of us, and each of us says like I'm gonna fucking change what's happening in the ocean, or I'm gonna change what's happening in the soil, and I'm gonna do it myself, right? I, that's that's me saying that I am going to change the quality of the soil in Lockhart, Texas, guaranteed. And that's a big problem with a lot of people is that they're like, there's something wrong. You got to change. Uh-huh. We want the government to tell you that you should be, and they're going to tax you and da 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 yeah. Like, that's the fucking solution. Yeah, we could tax, you could tax carbon emissions away. Yeah. Any, any, <laughs> come on, dude. Come any, on. Anytime anyone starts complaining about something, I usually let them get it out. And I go, so what are you doing about it? And then, you know, sometimes they get very embarrassed. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, you can bike, you can get an electric car. I don't. I've got a big ass truck, and I've got a small little four cylinder Rav Four. Yeah, you know, the big ass truck was super necessary during the snow apocalypse. It was necessary when I drove Bear to Bozeman. It was zero degrees outside. You know, I'm super happy I have that. Um, But then there are other ways, right? Like, can I sequester carbon? On 120 acres, fuck yeah, and like yeah. make homes with all the neighbors. They're already doing it, you know. Can we improve some of those practices? Yeah, we're we gonna spitball ideas and, and share soil samples and different things with each other. Yeah, man, that's how you seed locally. You know, the decentralization is all about putting the power back in the in we the people's hands and allowing them to fortify each of these little nodes of cities and nodes of consciousness and nodes of regeneration. You know, and it, you don't have to, I would argue that most of us don't need to have that mastery in anything, but to become a jack of all trades and an ace of none, that is pretty important. That is the definition of the Renaissance man, the Renaissance woman. And I think that more and more is becoming the re- responsibility. And, it, and like I said, it doesn't mean we all become farmers. One in 10 has to, but you got to support that one in 10. Yeah. It's doing it local, right? Yeah. And that's, that's the responsibility. Yeah, I know um, I don't want to farm. Yeah, but I want to know my farmer, and I want to get my food straight from them and and support them. Yeah, and like our 120 acres is going to be a food forest that's the size of a football field. We're putting that in next month. Um, we're going to have probably 50 exotic animals down there for hunting, which we don't have to tend to, but they're ruminants. They're going to help with the grass. They're going to help seed, um, you know, feed the soil and enhance the microbiota of the soil. Um, we've got several ponds, so you know, water gets shut down. I can take my Berkey over there, fill it up, and I'll be good to drink water for six months of pond water, you know, and several Berkey attachments. We've thought through quite a bit of this stuff. Um, but really, you know, like what, it, you, you cover the basis for yourself, 
right? What does my optimal health look like? What does my optimal day look like? You know, like those are still important pieces. And then, okay, from that, what do I do with my time that actually makes a difference? And it doesn't need to be everything. It fucking can't be everything, right? So do the thing that you enjoy. Do the thing that you have a desire to learn. And if it's teaching people how to get better with their own health and giving them sovereignty of their health, if it's helping people pass in a more organic way to the next, next layer of the game, you know, so they don't die in fear and they don't die in shame and they get to be around their family when they die, super important piece. Like all of these things are really important pieces and it just takes us understanding where is the call for me to be you know, in service of other. Beautiful. Let's uh, drop it here. Where, uh, where can people find you? Cal Kingsbury podcast, uh, at living with the Kingsburys on Instagram. You must punch it in perfectly <laughs> because we're not quite banned, but uh, you can't tag <laughs> us. It'll say, you know, uh, uh, there's been too much misinformation around COVID-19 on our account, that kind of stuff. So that's hard there. I'm on Zion, just Cal Kingsbury community on Zion. Um, I've been thinking about hopping on there. I haven't, I haven't uh, gone all yeah, the brother. way in. Yeah, you know is it, Justin, is it, right? Is it popping? It's not popping yet, but it's growing. I'll introduce you to Justin. Okay. He'd be fantastic for the podcast. Oh, yeah, yeah, that'd be great. Thank you. And yours back on Mike Bledsoe's yep. show. Yep, the Bledsoe show. The Bledsoe Go Bledsoe to thebledsoeshow.com and on Instagram, Mike underscore Bledsoe. Dope, brother. Well, we'll co-release this at the same time on both our podcasts. I'm fucking awesome. pumped that you're back in the game. Yeah, brother. man. Thanks. Hell yeah. Yeah.